When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN. Uh, if you watched those games last night, uh, really, uh, could could be in for a really fun series with the 76ers and the Heat, considering Joel Embiid is back with a funky mask, and they took care of the Heat last night, beat them by 20 points, 99-79. to 79. Of course, the Mavs at home. Uh, looks like a little new life. Reggie Bullock nailing the three-pointer to seal the deal for them when you just got the feeling in the fourth that the Suns were going to come back and it didn't happen to so the Mavs. They won 103-94. to 94. So now both series at 2-1. to one. Uh, We'll dive into some NBA talk as we've got two great games on the horizon uh, later today, which is going to be fun. A lot going on here on our own backyard. As we know, the Rangers uh, getting ready for uh, Game 3 against the Penguins. Uh, that series is, is, is tied up right now. As we know, Game 1, unfortunately, the Rangers lose in triple overtime. Game 2, uh, they come back, they win 5-2. And I had Greg Wyshynski on our gambling show yesterday. Him and I broke down that Rangers game, uh, which will be later on today, later on tonight. And obviously with the fact that, uh, you know, you've got a Penguins team, they're on their third goalie. Uh, no bueno, as I like to say on Daily Wager. Uh, not good for them. So I do expect the Rangers to roll tonight. But again, we'll hear from Greg Wyshynski a little bit later on the show. We'll do a deeper dive into that Rangers-Penguins game uh, that you'll be able to listen to right here on 98.7 ESPN. So like I said, a lot going on. You've got the Rangers. Unfortunately, uh, the Yankees are uh, are not going to play until Mother's Day because of the weather conditions. So uh, their game against the Rangers has been postponed. Uh, you've got a double header on Mother's Day, which is going to be fun. If you're heading out to the ballpark uh, with your mother or uh, somebody you know who is um, uh, has has birthed a child, well then um, hopefully the weather will cooperate and uh, and that could be a great Mother's Day out at the ballpark. As we know, the Yankees just have been crushing it. They won the series against the Blue Jays 2-1. to They're 11-1, 18-7 on the season. And after a 5-5 start, and there were some concerns when the season began. But boy, have they turned it around. Judge and Rizzo has just been crushing uh, the leather off the ball. And Cole's definitely turned it around, and he's improved as of late. So right now in the American League East, they've got a two-game uh, lead in the division over the Rays. Jays follow him, the O's, and of course the Red Sox uh, at the bottom of the pack in the American League East. As for the Mets, uh, they're in action later on today uh, against the Phillies, not here in New York, a few miles south of here, and you've got Max Scherzer on the bump. you got to feel good whenever he's pitching for uh, for the Mets, that's for sure. He's 4-0 with a 2-6-1 ERA, and this is going to be a good pitching matchup. Kyle Gibson's 2-1 with a 2-9-3 ERA, however the Mets... 17-5 this season against right-handed pitchers this season. So that's great. I do like the Mets in that matchup as well. Uh, the Mets, as we know, they're 18-9. and nine. How great is that? That, you know, I know I know it's it's a small sample size. I know that we're not even midway through the season uh, in, in Major League Baseball, but it, it's always great when you've got two, not just one, but two baseball teams in Major League Baseball that not only are contending, but like, so for example, ESPN has their new Major League Baseball power rankings that came out, and the Yankees now are have leapfrogged over the Dodgers. 
in the uh, grand scheme of things in regard to uh, the the power rankings. And and how can they not? I mean, they've gone eleven and one. They're doing it in a number of ways, right? Like I said, Cole's really turned it around. Um, the remainder, you know, the back end of the of the pitching rotation has been delivering. Severino, you name it. And they've just been crushing it with their bats. How can you not put them at number one right now? Uh, what we've seen the last month or the month or so. Uh, meanwhile, for the Mets, um, can you can you argue that they as well are better than the Dodgers? I think you can. I think you can say that the Mets are the best team in the National League. I think it's safe to say that. So it's not even just that the Yankees and Mets are winning. You're talking about you're talking about the Yankees and Mets dominating Major League Baseball. It's not just that they're above 500, but you've got two teams here in New York that are just crushing it, which is really really exciting. Again, Yankees off today because bad weather conditions. Not sure what you guys are doing today, uh, but it just does not look good. It, it, it does bode well for folks that are staying home and wagering on the Kentucky Derby. We're going to do a deep dive into the Kentucky Derby. Good friend of mine and good friend of the show, Mark DiLorenzo from Giddy Up Bets, uh, is going to give us a breakdown of uh, 20 horses in the Derby later on today. And post time, by the way, is 6.57 p.m., so not sure what you're doing later on this evening. You definitely want to make sure that you want to be near a TV around that time uh, because it is going to be a fun derby. This is one of those years where, you know, you're, you're, you, you come into this derby race and it's the first leg of the Triple Crown. I love it. But this is one of the very few years where there's just not this like overwhelming dominant horse. Okay? There's just not. Uh, the, the two horses that are favored is the 10 horse Zandon as well as the three horse epicenter. Um, your odds on them three to one, four to one, five to one. Okay. Uh, you know, a lot of folks like Zandon, a lot of feel that out of those two horses that are equally favored, that Zandon would more than more than likely will more than likely be the horse that wins. But I'm looking for a horse. I'm looking for horses that have uh, more value somewhere around 20 to one, 15 to one. And there's two in particular. One is Charge It. The other one is Cyberknife. So, again, you know, what makes, I, I think, later on this evening in this Kentucky Derby really fun is, number one, it's, it's 20 horses um, that will be uh, battling it out uh, at, at Churchill Downs to try to win the first leg of the Triple Crown. And a lot of parody. You know, like I said, there's not, even though Zandon and Epicenter are favored, there's not like one horse that is hands down, uh, without a shadow of a doubt, going to run away with this bad boy. And so uh, with parody comes, in my opinion, a lot more excitement. That's for sure. So uh, so uh, Mark DiLorenzo and I will, will do a deeper dive into the Derby. We also have Joe Wiz, who joins us each and every Saturday. He's going to be joining us at 1.30. We'll get his picks and his plays uh, in regard to the Derby. Also, we'll talk some some NFL as we're kind of waiting on the announcement of uh, James Bradbury being cut by the Giants, this is pretty significant in, in my mind uh, because, unfortunately, this is uh, Joe Shane and, and, and Dable inheriting uh, the mistakes of, of Gettleman and, uh, and, and, and his crew and his regime offering Bradbury a contract that you, you know, especially with Wink Martindale now as your defensive coordinator and as aggressive as we expect this defense to be, especially uh, how often they anticipate to blitz, you need lockdown, shutdown corners in order to help that defense. So this is a huge um, loss for the Giants, but they need to do it. Why? Right now they're sitting in cap space hell 
to be quite frank, about a little over $5.5 million. They need a minimum of $12.5 million to sign all the rookies that they're bringing in, the ones that they drafted as well as, well as the undrafted rookies that they're bringing in to audition and, and try out, trying out to, to get this roster. So if and when, I should say, because uh, Joe Shane has uh, reportedly uh, been on radio saying that eventually it's going to happen. I don't know. Maybe they're trying to work out some last-minute wheeling and dealing with some other teams to try to trade him. Uh, but last we heard, and, and that was yesterday afternoon, uh, that we can anticipate the Giants are, are going to cut him. Once that happens, they recoup about $10 million in dead cap space. So therefore, now you're looking at a Giants team that will have about $15.5 million in cap space. So they'll definitely have the 12.5 to sign all their rookies and a little wiggle room for something else. It's unfortunate. It really is unfortunate, especially the vision that they play in going up against the Eagles now that A.J. Brown is a part of that Eagles wide receiving core with Devontae Smith. you got CeeDee Lamb with the Dallas Cowboys. you got Terry McLaurin with Washington. And now that they have Carson Wentz there, uh, no bueno. Not good uh, at all. So we'll, we'll stay on top of that. Who knows? Maybe the, the, the news and the word will come down in the next three hours with you until 3 o'clock this afternoon. So uh, as you can see, a lot going on. You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN. Yankees started the season 5-5, five and five, went on a tear, 11-1, uh, took care of the Blue Jays 2-1, which is huge. Uh, bats are working. Pitching rotation has been phenomenal and now have a, a two-game lead in the American League East. Let's go to your phone calls, 800-919-3776. Let's go to Anthony. Call him from a mail truck. Okay. Anthony, welcome in. Anita, how you doing? I'm great. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Um, so I, I, I want to talk about the Yankees. And, you know, in, in the earlier in the year, I'm sure you don't remember, but I've called the station many times and spoken to you. Um, and this, this team really scared me in the beginning with, you know, everything that they did um, in the offseason. I just thought it hurt them in the long run when, in fact, it looks like in the, earlier in the, early in the year, you know, Cashman kind of knows what he's doing. Um, you know, with, with getting their defense better and, you know, it's just not one person. It's, it's, it's a collective team. Like one night it's Glaver Torres. The next night it's Aaron Judge. Garrett Cole has looked good the past two starts. You know, and, and I made a point earlier in the year where I said, you know, the Blue Jays, the Rays, and the Red Sox cannot compete with our pitching starting or relief pitching. Our relievers are absolutely insane. And our starters are, you know, kind of working with the relievers and, you know, getting games done. But, uh, you know, I just want to hear, you know, what, what do you think, um, you know, takes them away from the pack? And, uh, yeah, that's basically it. Thanks, Anita. Have a great day. You got it. Um, I, I mean, what takes them away from the pack? I, I mean, when you, when, you, when you look at it, their statistics and, and what's happening, um, a, a few things. Uh, number one, um, you know, I, I thought – in, in Boone just talking about how, you know, the, the, the whole COVID situation, you know, obviously threw off a, a, a lot of teams in regard to, you know, how they operate. Athletes are creatures of habit. So, you know, and, and, and some organizations handled it better. Some, some clubhouses handled it differently. So now those, those type of restrictions are now more laxed. And so now there's, I, th- I think that there's a, um, a, a more uh, relaxed feel around major league, around sports in general, right? So that's first and foremost. So 
now teams who are truly uh, put together, um, they don't have to worry about the, the, those, the, the COVID restrictions or the COVID stresses uh, each and every day because you don't know how an organization handles it. Some organizations handle it better than most, some not. So, um, so I think now that that's on the shelf, that's on the back burner, not to say that, you know, we have a, a new variant and it's not going away, but it's more, it, there's, there's a more normal situation. So now teams and organizations can get back into uh, that flow and, and what, what, what is familiar to them first and foremost. And so what I think what we're seeing now is teams who uh, excel in that, that type of environment, right? It's, they are who they are. Uh, they don't have to worry about that that outside entity first and foremost. Number two, uh, this lineup is is ridiculous. I, I mean, you, you can't pitch around anyone. Um, everybody's delivering, and, and like you said, like one given night it's Rizzo, the other, the, you know, another given night it's Judge, I, it's 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 Torres, it's like you know, everybody's delivering. There's there's uh, there's no there's no high and low. It's a constant high because any given night somebody else is is hitting a two-run homer or um whatever the case may be and then and and then and then and then in regard to the pitching rotation you know there's some big question marks heading in and and at the start of the season if Cole has turned that corner I call I call it the sticky stuff whatever I know there's a lot of different stuff that that these pitchers used but I know we're not breaking news here we're not talking about anything we don't know Uh, you know when when Major League Baseball really uh, you know, clamp down on on pitchers not using any kind of substance. Cole took a step back and a big one. Um, and so, is he is he now kind of turning that corner, getting used to not pitching with whatever he was using? Um, that that very well could be it. And and the other guys in this rotation are delivering as well. And you hit on it. You talk about a bullpen. That you know, after six innings, you go to the bullpen. Bullpen delivers. It's just, it's. I find that it's so. You know, there's three components as we know when it comes to a major league baseball team winning, and that is being aggressive with the bats. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg. Letting you know, ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sports book of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Obviously, having good offense, uh, having great starting pitching that you hope takes you into the sixth inning so you're not, you know, uh, just depleting your your bullpen. And then when you go to your bullpen, hopefully somewhere midway through the six or at least hopefully your, your pitcher can stay active and attractive through seven or eight uh, and your bullpen delivers. And right now what's happening is the Yankees are checking all three boxes. And that's why they're eleven and one. Uh, on top of that, I I, I truly believe, and, and this is just me talking to a number of, and not just Major League Baseball, but just talking to coaches in general in sport, whether it's NBA, NFL, Major League Baseball, hockey, whatever the case. Um, there's a normalcy, a more normalcy now that uh, did not exist because of COVID, and so teams don't have to deal with uh you know that added stress of 
and, and, and more than anything, again, athletes are creatures of habit. And it has nothing has been habitual the last two years. That's for sure. So I, I, think, I think it's a mixture of a lot of things. It really is. Um, here's my, my big question mark is how long can this su- sustain? Because as we know, Major League Baseball is a long season. So again, if, if, if you agree with me and you feel that the reason that the Yankees are having as much success as they are is because they're checking all the boxes, all three boxes that I feel are really important for a Major League Baseball team to have success, right? Like how long can those three boxes be checked? Um, how long can this team stay healthy? Because obviously that's another, that's a, that's another big part of it, right? Like staying healthy, especially for Cole and a number of the guys in the lineup. Um, and, and you know, you, you just, and, and when I think it's unrealistic to think that those two things are going to remain at this level for the entire season. So now the, the other question mark is, you know, how good is the depth on this team that when, uh, there are players that aren't healthy, whoever steps up, whoever maybe is get, gets called up for the minors can step up and deliver um, and, and continue the type of consistency that we're seeing on, on all three levels. I think that's going to be interesting to see because eventually it will happen. And how does this team respond to that? But uh, you know, you, you, you want to, you want to enjoy the moment, right? Like, um, you you want to enjoy what you're experiencing right now, especially if you're a Yankees fan, as well as if you're a Mets fan, uh, because both organizations, as we know, are, are doing exceptionally well. So it's an exciting time. You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN. All right. I, I do want to continue to talk some NBA. And then uh, coming up in, in just a few minutes, we're going to have Mark DiLorenzo from Giddy Up Bets, who's going to join us and, uh, and we'll do a deeper dive into the Kentucky Derby. Uh, post time is at 6.57 p.m. So, so for example, uh, I'm going to dinner with a friend and her mother tonight. And so I made sure that our dinner reservation was at 7.30 to make sure that I can uh, be in a great place, which is my apartment, uh, watching the Kentucky Derby and then enough time to travel to dinner. So those are what my game plan, that's what my game plan is. Hopefully uh, you will plan accordingly as well. Um, but let's talk about some NBA games. Uh, we've got the Celtics and the Bucks going at it. This series all tied up at one. Celtics got their butts handed to them in game one. Uh, was able to regroup and uh, and come back out strong in game two uh, for a number of reasons. Uh, Jalen Brown uh, delivered and also their bench delivered. Uh, a reason why I really like the Celtics here and I will take the Celtics. I will play, pl- take, take the plus two. I'm also going to play the under here for a number of reasons. So number one, again, I like the way the Celtics were able to bounce back. The thing about the Celtics is that, you know, pick your poison. Uh, the great thing about them is that uh, they can kill you a variety of ways, uh, which is, which is great. And, and so I just, I love the way that they bounced back again, Jalen Brown delivering their bench delivering. They are the best road team in the NBA against the spread, mind you. Tatum and Brown, get this, very interesting. Tatum and Brown combined score more points per game and also have a better three-point shooting percentage on the road than they do at home. It's true. Check out their stats. They do have the rest advantage. Uh, they've only played three games in almost two weeks uh, because of their their round one series. Uh, and them getting done quicker than most. Also, and I've probably buried the lead here, uh, they get Marcus Smart back in in his regular role, and that is contributing 20 points a game. Meanwhile, for the Bucs, 
Uh, Middleton is still out for them. Not sure. It's been reported that he's not going to be able to play this series. Not sure if he'll be able to return from them if they do beat the Celtics, even come back next series. Why do I like the under? Both these defenses are solid. The Bucs, their opponents only average 100 points a game. The Celtics, their opponents only average 103 points a game. And the first two games only average 192 points. So you're telling me I could get the under at 212 and a half? Two, 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 twelve and a half. I, I'm all over that for sure. Later on tonight at 8:30, you've got the Grizzlies going up against the Warriors, and I'll take the Grizzlies in the points as well. They're getting. I got them at seven. It's jumped up to seven and a half this morning. These two teams. Now, I do believe the Warriors are going to win. Right? They're at home. Uh, they're really ticked off that Gary Payton's injured. I'm sure they're going to be coming out with with especially Draymond Green with a little extra. Uh, you know. Uh, fire a little extra mm, a little extra extra but uh but both these teams both these these games i should say have been close right when you look at these teams they've got a lot of star power like morant goes off for 65 points any given night you know steph curry could do that as well um so i just even though i do believe that the golden state warriors are going to win i do like the grizzlies getting the points um as I said, with the Boston Celtics, the best team in the NBA against the spread on the road. Well, guess what? The Grizzlies, best team in the NBA this season against the spread, period. They've got better depth. And again, I've probably buried the lead here. And I mentioned no Gary Payton, broken elbow. And apparently there's some nerve damage. Hopefully it's not too serious. But the impact of him not playing is going, in my opinion, is going to force forced the Warriors to double Morant, which means that there's going to be some really great open looks for a number of the other um, players for for the Grizzlies. And so I think Morant is going to become more of a facilitator today. So that leads to the prop bet that I like as well, and that's uh, that's Morant over eight and a half assists. He's averaging 10 assists a game in his last eight straight games. So even against... The Golden State Warriors, which, again, I do believe nobody's going to be able to defend Morant as well as Gary Payton could. So, therefore, I I think they're going to have to double-team him. And, again, why do I like the under here as well? Warriors coming in, second-best defense in the NBA. Opponents only averaging 105 points a game. The Grizzlies, fourth-best defense in the NBA. Opponents only averaging 109 a game. And a very slow pace, believe it or not, even though you got a lot of star power and whatnot, not a lot of fast break action happening here between these two teams. Typically play a very slow paced uh, style of basketball. And last but not least, Desmond Bain has been struggling because he's dealing with a back issue. So Desmond Bain typically plays 40 minutes. He's only averaging 32. He typically averages three points, three three-pointers a game. He's only averaging one. He's only shooting 22% on top of the fi- fact that the Golden State Warriors defense is, is quite good. So uh, I do like the Grizzlies plus seven. I like Morant over eight and a half assists. And I do like the under at 225 and a half. So that's how I'm playing those three games. Ty, I know you're really big into the NBA. Anything that I just said tickle your fancy? Uh, no, I do see the Warriors winning tonight, uh, as you mentioned. This is um, you know, their, their first home game of the series. And we've become so accustomed to them like during their championship runs having home court 
But, you know, the Memphis Grizzlies were so great this year, and then they suffered injuries of their own with Draymond and and, and Steph, and then Clay obviously coming back. So it's weird to have their first home game of the series be in Game 3. But I think in a, in a way it, it works out for them because you get the split in Memphis, now you come home and take care of business. I'm still picking Memphis to win the series, though. I still think they have a shot. Um, game 1 was, was a heartbreaker. But I, I've got the Warriors winning tonight, and I'm actually going to take the Bucks today. I like the. Are Bucks you really? Today. Yeah, I like the Bucks in this game. Okay. I, th- I think if the Celtics are gonna out, so here's what happened in Game Two: the Celtics hit, I believe, 19 threes, which I mean is just outstanding. They outscored Milwaukee by 50 from beyond the arc, and then Giannis was was awful. So if the combination of those two things are going to happen, then yeah, the Bucks. Might be drawing dead, but I just don't think it's going to happen. I think Milwaukee returning home, their role players will play better. Grayson Allen, Pat Connaughton, you know, Bobby Portis, Giannis is going to be much more efficient, and I think their defense is going to be, you know, more stout today. Where the Celtics aren't going to just be getting open three after open. Grant Williams was looking like Larry Bird out there, so I think the Bucks are going to play a lot better and win today. So I got Bucks and Warriors winning um, today's slate. You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN. Joe, welcome in. How you doing? Big day. First leg of the Triple Crown, baby. Kentucky Derby. Yeah, I'm, I'm really excited. Even though the weather over here is bad, the weather Churchill's holding up right now. I'm watching the live racing right now, and uh looks like the uh, weather is uh, going to be okay. We were worried about sloppy conditions. Uh, hey, I've been watching horse racing since 10.30 this morning. First race uh, was post time. was at 10.30. So I'm really pumped up. The weather in here in this area, obviously, Ma- I was planning on being a Mammoth racetrack, but they canceled their live racing because of this, uh, this uh, bad weather. Um, I have not done well so far. I've been, I've been wagering since uh, race four. So I am now down. Uh, I'm looking at this. Uh, we've got what race is coming up right now. So we're, we're we're about 19 minutes away from race eight, and my quote unquote sources are telling me horse eight, which is 35 to one. I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing this properly. Cavid is yes. is the is the horse to win in place. Do you agree with that? Well, you know, whenever you have a long shot, I mean, I. You're betting a long shot like that, and you got some good information. Why not take a shot with them? Bet them across the board. That's what I would do. I mean, because whenever you have horses like that, anything is possible. And with bombs coming in, I, we've seen a couple of long shots come in already. So um, uh, I, I wouldn't bet them to win, but I might would consider betting them across the board. There you go. There you go. Again, Joe is joining us here on 98.7 ESPN. All right, so let's jump to the big race, and that is the Derby. Uh, post time is at 6.57 p.m. So, again, I, I keep on re- reiterating that to make sure that uh, you know that you're going to be in front of some type of uh, viewing device at that time. Um, I, uh, I, I'm playing this quite a few ways. I love the eight-horse charge it. I really love the 16th horse cyber knife. I'm going to play both those horses to win. And then I'm going to be playing a lot of exactas and trifectas. I'm going to throw in Zandon, the 10, Epicenter, the 3, both Bob, Bob Baffert's horses, the 6 and the 12, with uh, Taba and, and Messier, as well as the Japanese horse, Crown Pride, at 7. But um, more importantly, this is your stage. How are you playing the Derby? 
Yeah, it's interesting watching the Derby and knowing that Bob Baffert is not there, but two of his horses are in the uh, six horse with Messier and the 12 horse in uh, Tabia, and uh, his assistant trainer, Yucatine, is taking over for them. But uh, I'm not playing either one of Baffert's horses in this race here. Um, Anita, there's one horse, there's one horse that's a tough post position, but we got the best jockey in the world and perhaps the top, one of the top trainers in Pletcher with Mo Donical. I had him in the Wood Memorial. I'm including him in, on one of my, t- uh, in my, uh, ticket. Um, I threw in the 10 horse. I think the 10 horse with uh, uh, Flavian Pratt, he's already won two races today um, at Churchill. And he's got Chad Brown. Uh, he won the Bluegrass. He's a closer. Um, that's one of the other two horses I'm looking at here. Um, I also threw in the 15 horse, Whiter Barrio, who won uh, the uh, Ar- uh, Florida Derby. And I'm throwing in Cyberknife, who won the Arkansas Derby. Those are my four horses that I have in the uh, Kentucky Derby. And I'm picking the 10 horse. I was concerned that he was going to go off as the favorite, and I hate playing favorites in any horses or in almost any events. Uh, but Zandon right now is getting good value, Anita. Um, you know, right now we're looking at Zandon getting at 7 to 1 odds. And um, I think that this horse is just primed, has a prime spot, the 10 spot, um, with Flavian, who's already had two two wins here today at Churchill. He knows how to ride this horse. And, uh, you know, you got Chad Brown, one of the top trainers in the country. And um, I think that Zandon. On is at seven to one is excellent value. He can you know get up there close. He won't fall behind too far. And when in the bluegrass, he was dead last and he finished first. Um, and I think that he's going to close late and catch whoever is in the lead. Um, I, you know, I, again, I, and and I've been talking about this this race all, all week, and and I think what makes it really special and what what makes it really exciting is that there's like no true set favorite horse that's going to like run away from this field and in the fact that there are so many i mean you've got 20 horses uh, that are going to be running and competing later on this evening doesn't that i I just out of curiosity doesn't that make that like even more exciting for you to watch this race joe no, de- no doubt about it. There's so much parity because there's so many. I've been listening to your show last night and today, and there's so many different people that have different opinions on this race because anybody, it, it really is wide open. I mean, you talk about it. I mean, you know, you got Epicenter, Steve Asmussen, the all-time leading trainer who's never won the Kentucky Derby, okay? And Epicenter now is taking a lot of money. Um, you know, you have a horse like Smile Happy. And by the way, I saw Mattress Mac on the air. He's going to be making a million dollar couple. I think he's making a $4 million bet, but he's He's hedging it with his mattresses, so he has to wait. Who, whoever the favorite is, that's who Mattress Mac is going to bet 10 minutes before post time. Um, but Zandon, um, listen, you got so many white great horses here, Anita, that anything's possible here. I'm curious to see what happens with, uh, with the two Baffert horses, because even though he's not there, um, he's won six K- Kentucky Derbies. He would have won seven, but he was disqualified with Medina Spirit. And this year is really the first year that Kentucky Derby is really back to full 100%. I mean, last year, we were just getting back from the pandemic the year before that authentic won it but it was in september authentic went wire to wire and now this year is the first full year that everybody is back to normal and uh i'm expecting uh you know a great race and um i think that at seven to one zandon the bluegrass winner with flavian pratt who already has two winners he knows how to ride on his truck he's one of the top jockeys in the nation um at seven to one i'm expecting him to wear the roses uh, a little bit after 7 p.m tonight when the race is over Interesting. Again, uh, Joe is joining us here on 98.7 ESPN. Joe, a lot going on today, a lot going on this weekend. Uh, Let's talk about some NBA plays. I shared uh, mine a little bit earlier on. I'm on both dogs. I'm also on both unders later on this afternoon and this evening. Any plays in some NBA plays uh, in, in NBA games later on today? 
Yeah, first game goes at 3.30 at Bet Rivers. The updated line has the uh, Bucks favored by two, and the uh, total is at 2.11. Um, I, I prefer to take a look at the total in this game, Anita. I played the under in the first two games. I'm going to continue to ride it. I mean, both totals have gone way under the total. Um, and um, at two, there was 2.12. I see some 2.11 starting to pop up right now. And uh, I think that this is going to be another game where the, uh, the offenses are going to struggle because the Celtics' defense, with the line being so low, I think the Celtics are going to come to play today even more, uh, you know, than they did in Game 2. Um, I'd like the Celtics under in this game, under 212. And as far as the late game with Memphis and Golden State, um, the updated line at Bet Rivers has uh, Golden State favored by 7, and the total game is at 225.5. Now, Memphis had the best spread record in the entire NBA, and um, I know a lot of money's coming in on Golden State because Brooks is out and Dylan, but um, you might want to take a look at Memphis plus the 7, and I'm also, I prefer to take a look at the totals game, Odell uh, totals 225 and a half. I think that under is the play here. Everyone thinks that Golden State goes over all the time. Not the case. They play more unders than they do overs during the season. And um, I think um, that under the play, under 225 and a half, is the play uh, with uh, Memphis and Golden State. Um, what about we got the Rangers and the Penguins right here on 98.7 ESP and coming your way later later on this evening. Um, I had Greg, Greg Wyshynski, the puck daddy, on with me earlier. Uh, he thinks this is going to be a close game, uh, but uh, he's just he's going to take the Rangers straight up. He feels the fact the Penguins are, are on their third goalie is obviously going to be the big key. Uh, maybe a little bit too much juice for some folks to, to, to lay. Who knows? But um, do you have a play in the Rangers-Penguins game later on this evening? Yeah, the, the line's relatively almost at a pick. The Rangers are very small favorite at Bat Rivers, and the biggest edge in this game is the uh, goalie situation with Igor Shosturkin. Mm-hmm. I mean, he had, he had game one, 39 saves, which was insane. 79 overall, stopped 79 shots, which is absolutely insane. Game two, 39 saves, one five two. Hey, Rangers got their first playoff win since 2017. Penguins are a veteran team. They've been in the playoffs 16 straight years. Coach Mike Sullivan's done a great job here, but uh, I agree. I think the Rangers are the play here because of the goalie edge. I mean, this 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 uh, situation with the goalies, Shosturkin. Um, I think that that's going to make the difference in this game here. Uh, at almost a pick'em, I like the Rangers on the road to knock off the Penguins. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Before we let you go, any other games? Any other? I mean, there's so much going on, right? There's so much going on right now. You got the Mets doubleheader down in Philly uh, later on this afternoon. First pitch is around four o'clock. Any any other uh, games, sports uh, that you're eyeing today, Joe? Well, we got baseball action. Yankees aren't playing. We think the Mets are going to play. Um, and uh, one of my games I gave out on Twitter, um, I gave out the San Francisco Giants where Logan Webb, he's pitching today. He's a small favorite with the San Francisco Giants. They lost the first two games to St. Louis. I think that the Giants rebound today, and they're going up against a familiar face that people in the New York metropolitan area are familiar with, with Stephen Matz. He is now the pitcher for St. Louis, and there was a lot of controversy earlier in the season because Cohen wanted Matz, and Matz made a verbal commitment to come back 
to the Mets, but then he decided to sign with St. Louis. So Mats goes up against Logan Webb. Um, San Francisco's a small price. They've lost the first two of the series. Uh, on my Twitter handle, which is Joe with Sports, I gave out San Fran as a pick in my show, by the way, uh, airs on Friday nights at midnight and Saturday mornings at 8 a.m. That's the fine line. And either we try and give everybody some uh, good information and then uh, hopefully some winners down the road because uh, it is uh, very challenging. I said, bet smart. You know, horse racing, everyone thinks you have to bet big. Not the case. You can bet small and win big. And I know you got this 35 to 1 shot coming up, and I'm going to be rooting for you because I'm going to be watching this race. Oh, thank you, Joe. I appreciate that. Again, he's Joe Wiz. Uh, he has his own show here on uh, 90.7 ESPN, All Things Gambling, right? On Friday night, why don't you let the folks know when you're on uh, the station, Joe? Oh. Friday at midnight, and of course we are on Saturday mornings at 8 a.m. Um, during football season, we come on Sunday mornings, and uh, you know it's a fine line, and we talk about all the games and give out all the picks, and uh, hopefully we can make people some money. There you go. You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN. This is Click, 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 or Don't. Very simply, here's the headline. Are you interested in clicking or not? All right, it's time for Click or Don't Click, a fun way. We take our tour around our wide, wide world of sport. We find out what is trending at 2.01 p.m. on this Saturday afternoon. Our producers, Ty and Jake, lead the way. Gentlemen? Uh, I don't know if we've ever done this before, but we have to start on the ice, Anita. Rangers prepping for Game 3, a big Game 3 tonight in Pittsburgh against the Penguins. That coverage, by the way, gets underway right here on 98.7 ESPN at 6.30 p.m. Eastern. Don LaGreca on the call. He called Game 2, calling Game 3. So, you know, they they won Game 2. Maybe Don is the little uh, good luck charm for the Rangers. Yay! Um, (laughs) (laughs) That's a funny draw. Don's the good luck luck charm for the Rangers. And it was a big win for them in Game 2 because we saw what happened uh, on Tuesday night when they lost in triple overtime. And it's not just the, the, the fact that they lost, but it was how they lost. It's game one at home. Uh, it was the overturned goal situation. So game two essentially became a must win because you can't drop the first two games at home in a series and expect to win. Now you got to win, you know, four or five, uh, not having home home ice advantage. So uh, the Rangers came out, and they played really, really well. 5-2 was the final score, so now they got Game 3. The expectation is that they'll win tonight. I uh, heard Rothenberg talking about it this morning. He still believes that the Rangers are, are in, in full control of the series. The, the Penguins are on uh, their third goaltender uh, because they lost uh, goalie Casey DeSmith, who's going to be out the, re- the remainder of the playoffs due to core muscle surgery. Uh, he left Game 1. So you're going up against a backup. This is a series you got to win if you're the Rangers. Yeah, I mean, listen, uh, you know, I've, I've, um, I've, I've had this debate before. Like, what do you feel the most important position is in all of sport? And I think, you know, my, well, I feel it's a quarterback, but I think you can argue starting pitcher in Major League Baseball or closer in Major League Baseball, um, definitely goalie. Uh, when it comes to the NHL and uh, you know, the, the fact that now you're going up against a Penguins team, not only are their backup, but their third string goalie. Uh, mm, I just, you know, I, how do how do you, how do you recover and recoup from that? I mean, he gave up five goals against the Rangers uh, this last game. So, yeah. And for the Rangers, like I know 
a, a lot of the fans were obviously taken um, by surprise with this run this year because the team, you know, ascended maybe quicker than they would have imagined. Still a very young group, and regardless of of what becomes of this playoff run, you're optimistic about the future. But I will say, you know, this is a series you you kind of have to win. I I don't think it becomes a failed season. Uh, I won't go that far, but it's going to be very, very devastating and disappointing if you lose this series, considering you should be the better team and all of the expectations expectations coming in from, you know, from what I've heard is that they were going to win this series. So, yeah, I think you got to at least win one playoff series in order for you to go into the offseason and feel like that was a, a an incredibly successful run. And who knows? In hockey, you know, the bounces go your way, and all of a sudden, it, you know, it's 2014 again, and you're in the Stanley Cup Finals. So uh, big up to the Rangers. Good luck tonight. Rooting for all the Ranger fans out there. Anthony Pusick, hope you're listening. <laughs> what else you guys got? All right, so from going from one sports playoffs to another, the basketball playoffs have been well underway as well. One guy, however, who hasn't been playing in the first two games made his big return last night, and that's Joel Embiid. You know, he wasn't really full strength. He only went um, 30 minutes or so, but he still had a pretty good game, 18 points and 11 rebounds, and they won by 20. So he clearly was the big difference that they were missing in game one or two. I know you've been big on the heat all year, Anita, but now with Embiid back, are they in trouble? Um, I, I don't believe that they're in trouble. I, I you know... Again, I was hosting a, I was hosting a digital gambling show at four o'clock uh, yesterday, and and we had a, a live hit from uh, from Philadelphia. And still, at that point in time, at four o'clock, they still were not sure whether or not Embiid was going to play. You know, obviously, the Heat have to come out with a much different style of defense when Embiid is active. So I, I think it was a mixture of a Embiid late notice that he was going to play in the heat having to adjust to a third game, two previous games without him, how they're going to play defense. Um, and I have the utmost confidence in Eric Spolstra that uh, he's, he's going to come up with a better formula against them. And also, you know, they were at home. I'm sure, you know, down two, backs to the wall, Embiid playing with that like very um, intimidating mask, home crowd, they were crumped. They were excited. I just, I, I think, I think uh, it was a, a perfect storm for the 76ers to come out and have the game like they did last night and, and beat the Heat by 20 points. But I'm not giving up on this Heat team. This, this, this Heat team, they're so, they're just, they're so good defensively. They're so good. They're just gonna have to go back to the drawing board and and Spoltra and you know Jimmy Butler is such a a wise. He's such a smart, cerebral basketball player. Um, you know, I I think they'll come out and, and definitely have a different game plan, knowing that Embiid is back into the mix. And so. I know it's a regular season award, but Embiid was certainly one of the guys that's been in the MVP discussion. And we saw last night how big of a difference he makes. And that kind of goes to my follow-up question. So between Embiid, Jokic, and Giannis, who, who is your MVP? Embiid, Jokic, and Giannis. Um... It's so tough. They're so close, you know, they, take they them are, away from but, their team and they're just not even most of them are not even a playoff team. Yeah, but when you look at you when you look at what Jokic has been able to do statistically, it's without you know, his it's, second it, and third best players with the it's, Murray it's, it's, and, it's, yeah. and Porter Jr. being out the entire season. So he's gonna he's it's gonna insane. win the MVP. 
Um, and, and I think it's well-deserved. And I, I know a lot of people try to use his lack of playoff success uh, against him. But, I mean, Jokic, two years removed from getting to the Western Conference Finals, overcoming a 3-1 deficit against the Clippers. They lost to the eventual champion Lakers. And as you mentioned, his numbers historically, they measure up with some of the best we've ever seen. And to do that despite not having your 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 all um your point guard and your your best wing player, your second and third best players, I think Jokic definitely is the MVP. Is it is it fair to say though that if any of these three guys won that it would be well deserved? Um like if Embiid yeah, won, I, would anyone yeah. really be, you know, no. mad about it? I don't think anyone's going to be upset either way. No, no, I don't think anyone's. They I don't all think anyone's were fantastic. Gonna... Those are the three. Yeah. Those are the three options, though. One, two, and three. That and whatever order, all of your permutations, it has to be uh, Jokic, Giannis, and Embiid. In my opinion, based on what we saw this last this past season. Um, yeah, I mean they're all deserving. I, I just you know when when you look at the grand scheme of things, um, I just think what what Jokic has been able to do, you know, with with less, like like Ty pointed out. Um, you know, I, I think, I think he's, he's most deserving, you know, and I, he, I, I, another thing is like, I just, you know, like, I don't think he gets enough respect, right? Like he doesn't, there's not, there's not a lot of buzz. There's not a lot of, um, sexy, uh, you know, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like, like there's like a sex appeal in a sense and not necessarily him as a human being, but I mean like in regard to who he is as, as a player in the NBA, there's just not a lot of buzz. There's not a lot of excitement. There's not a lot of hoopla. He's, he's kind of not... like Tim Duncan. He kind of just goes out there. Yeah, and does it. yeah, 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 yeah. Great, great analogy there. Right. Like, um, yeah, per- perfect analogy. There's just, just just something about it, you know, like, you know, when you talk about Giannis or when you talk about Embiid, there's like embellishment. There's like um, there's there's a different vibe when it comes to talking about those guys. So I, which which is which is unfortunate for him. But I, I do believe he's most deserving. And speaking of uh, Joel Embiid, how about his former teammate, Ben Simmons, who is now a member of the Brooklyn Nets? It was announced yesterday that. Uh, his his surgery is going to require three to four months of rehab, and he's expected to be fully recovered to return to the court well ahead of preseason training camp in September. So I mean I don't I don't know if it's fair to say this, but when you juxtapose Joel Embiid going out there yesterday looking like an MVP, you know despite having a fractured orbital bone in his face and a torn ligament, uh, I believe is his thumb. He goes out there and gives you an MVP-like performance, helps his team, wills them to victory, and now they're back in the series. And meanwhile, Ben Simmons, I mean, we didn't see him all year. The Nets needed him, and we thought, you know, he could be back for Game 2, could be back for Game 3, could be back for Game 4. He never returns, and now he has back surgery. So some people are going to look at it and say, look, you know, he, he was never able to play. But it is odd to see a guy miss an entire season because of an injury that we never actually saw him suffer. Like, that's just so odd to me. Like, we never saw him suffer the back injury. It just happened. And now he's out for three to four months rehabbing from it. And hopefully he can return and, and be in the right mental space next season and help his team win a championship. But that that is such an odd situation. I don't, I don't think I've ever seen anything like it. Didn't he say, did I read properly last week that like uh, that his emotional state, he felt that his emotional state was affecting? Yeah, that was a part, part of the report that The Athletic 
released. The, and I and I think that that's actually um, something that happens. Like part of the uh, back injury was um, made worse because of you know how the mental issues uh, took a toll on him. So it made the back injury worse. The psychology kind of, of it um, played a factor. Right? Kind of wild. Yeah. Right? And again, like, usually when you see an athlete missing a season, like, you know, we saw the torn ACL. We saw the torn Achilles. We saw the, you know, shoulder separation. We saw the elbow injury lead to Tommy John surgery. We never actually, like, the last game Ben Simmons played in was game seven against the Hawks in the second round last year. He finished that game healthy. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. We never saw him suffer an actual injury. So it's just weird. I'm just, you know, I'm really curious. And, and uh, you know, I, I know you guys produce all week. Um, unfortunately, I'm only on uh, Saturday and Sundays. Um, but, like, you know, are, are there are there any reports out there with the the nets and like they were they bamboozled did they not know about this back injury prior to making the trade with the 76ers in Harden has there been any reports out there in regard to like what their knowledge was pertaining to this back injury yeah we don't know and to me what what is fascinating is that leading up to the signings of of, of Katie and Kyrie all we heard about was how great the nets you know, training staff was and how great their medical team was. And, but but then since this area has begun, it's been nothing but injuries. Kyrie's been hurt. Kevin Durant's been hurt. You know, Harden, who never got hurt, he, he missed time last year. And now you traded for a guy who didn't play a single game for you because he was injured. So all, all the, the four main players that were supposed to be part of this championship run all experienced you know, significant injuries. Last year it hurt them because Kyrie missed the series and then Harden, you know, he was able to come back, but he was on one leg. That hurt them in their pursuit of winning a championship. And mm-hmm. this season, not having Ben Simmons out there, stymied their run in pursuit of a championship as well. So it, it, it's, it's, it's just very fascinating to see this team go from being, you know, so respected when it comes to, you know, medical staff and training to, you know, literally everyone just being hurt. You know, I was listening. I know we play a promo here on 98.7 ESPN with Jay Will talking about the situation and him saying, like, if I'm Kyrie or if I'm KD, like, I don't I don't trust Ben Simmons. Like, I can't even look at him in the eye and believe that, you know, uh, he's going to give 110 uh, percent heading into the season. I, I found that to be interesting as well. Um, uh, yeah, Kyrie's I mean, Kyrie. <laughs> Kyrie Irving went out there and said that he's he's looking forward to four years of dom putting together four years of dominance, and it's like, dude, since you've joined the team back in 2019, you've won one playoff series. How about you put together four weeks of dominance before we talk about four years? They've won one playoff series in three years. Now, the first year, um, KD was out. 
the second year, as I mentioned, they you know had the actually the first year was the bubble when Katie was out and Kyrie was out. Then the second year um, was last year, and then and then we had this past season. How about you put together four weeks of dominance before we talk about four years, Kyrie? Like relax a little bit, my man. <laughs> Next year is going to be interesting, that's for sure. Is that it? You guys have one more? or is well, does all, that... all I want to say is, thank goodness this isn't the New York Knicks. Because if it was, this would be breaking news 24-7. Kyrie, Kevin Durant, Ben Simmons. The fact that it's Brooklyn, I think, is the reason why Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving went there in the first place. Because if something like this happened, it wouldn't necessarily be you know top news every day. But can you imagine if what all the things that happened over the last couple of years, if it happened on the Knicks, if it happened with the New York Knicks, it would be the top news story every day. I think, at least. I don't know. I could be wrong. You guys disagree with me? No, I don't. I don't. I don't disagree with you. I, you know, I, I find that kind of thing very fascinating, right? Like um, when when certain situations happen with certain teams, they fall by the wayside. They're not made to be very important. Um, you know, I mean, let's be honest, what happened with the Nets, it's just a complete poop show. I, I would, I would use a different word, but obviously this is a family station. Um, you know, if, I think you're right. If that happened with the Knicks, it, it, it would be front and center. Um, it would be a topic of discussion that we'd probably still be getting calls today on. We don't get calls here on 98.7 ESPN when it comes to the Nets. We just don't. It's wild. They don't Meanwhile, have the fan base here in New York. I don't um, even. I, it's. I don't even think that, it's. They don't. I don't even think. Occupy I don't the even same real estate. I understand that. I don't even. It's just the fan base, though, Ty. I just, you know, for whatever reason, it just it doesn't. Uh, it 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 doesn't. Um. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Uh, it doesn't rev- move the needle somebody's, the I do think uh, the fan base has a lot to do with it. Because the reason why it would be such a bigger story. Now, the Knicks obviously have a rich history here. Like, we're going back, you know, 75 years of, of the NBA um, with the Knicks having that type of, you know, mainstay in real estate where the Nets don't have that. But part of the gravity of, you know, sports talk and, and media coverage has to do with fan reaction. And when you have, um, like, like for example, I was at Game Two last year. Knicks Hawks fans were out there and and you know in Penn Station celebrating. They were in the streets dancing and partying. Where the Nets fans, you know, we don't see that type of reaction um, emanating from their base. So I, I think the fans have a lot to do with it. Where if Nets fans actually came out and supported their team the way that the Knicks, the Knicks fans do, I think we would see they would never take over the town, but we would see some type of resistance. And the rivalry would grow, and that would be exciting. But the Nets just don't have the fans and, and the power to do that the way that the Nick fan base does. Right. Uh, and we see it, by the way, we see it with, with athletes as well. You know what I mean? Like, God forbid, you know, like who, like, like who, who, who moves the needle or, or who irritates players more? LeBron James, Tom Brady, Alex Rodriguez, 
right? Like you just, you bring up those names and God forbid they were to do something that other players have done or are doing. Oh my gosh, it's the end of the world, right? It's the absolute end of the world. Uh, so it's just, you know, it's, it's, it, it, it is the way of the world, I guess. You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN.